there is now, I think, for kids in college, this, t- this statement that I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies or my meditation. Yeah. Be, now, I'm not here dogging teachers as a group, but in college, there are those professors, I know I experienced it, who just attack Christianity, and they say the craziest stuff. What's weird about the attacks on Christianity is they almost always attack a fake version of Christianity. Hey, we don't believe that. We don't preach that. Like, for, like, and, and it's casual. You really got to listen to catch it. They go, yeah, well, if you believe the Bible, you believe that snakes and donkeys talk. And I'm like, okay, his testimonies are my meditation. So I know that in the scripture, there is an account of a talking snake. And there is one account of a donkey talking, both of them briefly, and it was supernaturally, um, you know, occasioned. It happened because of some supernatural event, which means that snakes and donkeys don't talk. But you want me to think that the Bible teaches that snakes and donkeys are two unique animals in all the animal kingdom that can just talk whenever they want. You have like a Shrek theology, and I have like a biblical theology. What you actually hate about Christianity is your really bad version of it. But you don't hate Christianity because you don't even know Christianity. How, how is it that I understand more than my, the ancients or more than these teachers of mine? Because I've just read the Bible. So then I'm not fooled. And we've got to be people of the word. I mean, I've heard historians say, I, one time I heard a, um, on the History Channel, um, which is of course always, always only perfectly truth, truthful stuff on there. But it's, it's, it's history, it, and it's a history channel. So it's not like they're a for-profit organization or anything. But, um, <laughs> but I remember hearing they interviewed a liberal um, historian. I, actually, I think he was a liberal theologian. He wasn't a historian. And they asked him about the, re- not, not the resurrection, excuse me, the, uh, the story of Jesus walking on the water. And he goes on to explain it. And, and he says, well, you know, I think what probably happened is, and here's his story. Now, those of you who read the Bible... You cannot be tricked by what I'm about to share with you. But those who don't have the word of God as their meditation, they may very well fall right into it. So he says this. Well, you know, the story is that Jesus came walking out on the water to the, to the disciples. But I think that, you know, being, you know in, in Israel, there are desert regions. And I think that it was very possible that this was a mirage that made it look as though Jesus was walking on water like he was walking out on a lake to the, to the apostles. And then... Cut, next scene, blow up another piece of the Bible with some other quote, right? No, even consider, it's as though the producer of the, of the History Channel thing didn't even stop to read the passage or think about what the guy said. But his testimonies are my meditation as they are yours. And there's a few problems with this. One, it doesn't match, well, the archaeology. Jesus was walking on the water in Galilee, which is not a desert. It's a grassy, hilly region that's actually below sea level, and it's it's plenteous. There's, they fish there and everything like that. The disciples were not standing around in the desert. They were in a boat. I don't think they were confused about their location. They lived in Galilee and they're sitting there in their family company, their family fishing boat, fishing or, you know, well, well not fishing at this point, trying to row across to get to the other side, going to the Gadarenes and stuff like that. So you read about this and you're like, but well, wait a minute, there's another problem. When Peter gets to the boat, or Jesus gets to the boat, there are waves. Okay, what were those? I don't know, like sand dunes moving a little faster than normal. And there's waves, and Jesus walks up to them, and they receive him into the boat. But before that happens, something really peculiar takes place. Peter says, Jesus, 
if it's really you, let, call me out to, on, the, on the water as well. So Peter gets out. He walks on. But that's easy, right? Because it's just sand. He's just walking on a mirage too in their boat that they didn't realize was stuck, even though they were fighting the waves. But then Peter hits a patch of quicksand, apparently, because he just sinks into the water and starts shouting for Jesus. Jesus grabs him, pulls him out, they get into the boat, and then they get to the other side. But I mean, if you just read the passage, you're like, this is just the most contrived, ridiculous, like how are you a theologian or a historian? You don't know the geography, you don't know the location, you don't even know the story you're debunking. But yet, so many times, you know. So we could be wiser than just by reading the scriptures, man. Just read the word, it will make you so smart. In, in the right ways, too. Jesus said this in John 17. He said, um, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So this is the, the vessel or the avenue of our sanctification. It comes through the word. So as I just devote time to the scriptures, I get sanctified. It is not enough to let me slowly teach you through the Bible or let Pastor Gary slowly teach you through the Bible. We've got to just be people of the word. We really do. For your sake. For your sake. It's not an issue of your salvation. It's just, it's just what's smart. <laughs> it's just what's wise. 